Hi, I'm Coelho Cepeda. I'm a chef in San Diego, California, border kid. Uh, I've won a few awards. My mom thinks I'm really cool. I'm a mother of two, and I am a power lifter. I have very, very uh, strong legs, strong engine, and my deadlift's about 350 pounds right now. I'm 5'3", so it's, I'm built like a brick house. I'm Jesse Sparks, and this is The One Recipe, a podcast that turns to chefs and dedicated home cooks with a big question in mind. What is their one? That singular recipe they know will always be a flex. This week, we're sticking to our strengths with Claudette Cepeda. Claudette is a San Diego-based chef, a culinary entrepreneur, and a regular contestant and judge on some of your favorite food TV shows, like Top Chef and Iron Chef. She's also the founder of Viva La Vida. It's a company working with single mothers in Mexico to help launch businesses that import heirloom ingredients to the U.S. She's a Jill of all trades, but I'll let her tell you a little bit more. Claudette, hello. Hi. How are you doing? It's great to have you. Thank you for having me. A ton of food TV fanatics definitely recognize the signature green hair, the signature glasses, and your unbridled confidence in the kitchen. But... A lot of people also know your knowledge of regional Mexican cuisine and food history. So I've always just been curious to know what kind of sparked that interest in regional cooking. It was the, um, the interest in the women more than the interest in the food that, um, sparked my need to go back to Mexico and understand, you know, why, why we eat what we eat, why we are who we are and that love for being Mexican. I, I understood it on my, in my bubble, but I didn't understand it as a country. And I was in Marrakesh in 2014 with a friend and I, Felt like I had been there before. I saw myself in the women in the markets buying groceries for their families and seeing the meat hanging on dowels. It just felt like I had been there before, but what it really was reminding me of, it was home, was Mexico. So I went back to my aunt's table um, and I just remember being at my wit's end with my career and being like, this sucks. Like, I, I don't feel good. I don't feel cooking other people's foods. The men in the industry didn't really at least in my bubble and my, in my career experience, always belittled me, threw away my prep, told me I couldn't cook up until that point. And so I just was, my Hail Mary was going back home. And, uh, so it was the love for the women and the love for the, the food at, at our table that made me want to go see the rest of the country because we get, it's a huge country and you can get tunnel vision of, what we have at our table isn't what the neighbors have at theirs, and I wanted to see what they had at theirs. So you had kind of mentioned going back and all of your travels. For people who may not already know, can you kind of talk about where you first kind of got used to traveling and splitting time between San Diego and I believe it was Tijuana, right? Oh, my whole life. I was born in San Diego, but I would li- we lived in Tijuana, and then when we left Tijuana in the 90s to San Diego— um, we still had one foot in each country, but I would spend all of my summers, all of my winter breaks, all of my spring breaks in Guadalajara up until I was 16. So from when I was born till I was 16, I spent about five months a year in Guadalajara. So traveling was always in my blood. So as you're kind of traveling and doing all this research and so much studying, like I feel like you have such a broad knowledge of 
both contemporary and historic cooking traditions. How do you kind of balance that appreciation for all of these regional styles and everything that is on everyone else's table while still making sure that your cooking feels yours? I think it's a balance. It ends up being what I like to eat. I didn't love everything that I ate throughout my traveling, but I took from it the spirit of these people that are super resilient and super innovative with what they have and they have very little means. So I took the spirit of their happiness and like that resonated more for me than than some of the dishes. It's a balance. It's always a balance to like not lose yourself. But like, what is your, I call it the fingerprint. Like what is the fingerprint that you're going to leave on the food? All of my dishes, I say there's the past, the present and the future. So so can you tell me a little bit about what your fingerprint looks like or tastes like? Yeah, it's I call it grandma chic. It is like very <laughs> soulful food that looks really pretty, high acid, high heat. It's got texture, it's spunky. It's it's the green hair and the big glasses like in a plate. Yes, give us style, give us comfort, give us yeah. grandma chic. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so <laughs> Since you've already teased me enough, what is your one recipe? My one recipe is, is I call it the death row meal. If I was ever on death row, my last meal on <laughs> earth would be my mom's albondigas. And my friend started laughing. She's like, why the hell do you have to go to death row? Like, can't it just be your last meal? I was like, well, that's, that's what everyone knows. When I was a kid in the 90s, it was like death row was such a big part of most wanted. And it was always on TV. So some sort of like prison show. So death row stuck right. in my head. And the last meal on earth would be my mom's albondigas and her arroz con leche, but the albondigas. To this day, I'm a 38-year-old woman. My brother's a 41-year-old man and a 44-year-old man. And we all still call our mommy to come and make us albondigas to our respective houses. And she does. I make them. I made them at my restaurant. Um, and I actually have the pink post-it where she wrote the recipe on. Or it was like a pink index card. And I gave it to my prep cooks. And I was like, here. Right, make this, but she makes it so good. Hers is best. Ah, uh, so albondigas for people who aren't already familiar are meatballs sometimes in a broth, sometimes in a really thick sauce. Um, how do you kind of prepare it and make it your own? Yeah, so this is a huge fight between Mexicans amongst everything. Everything is a huge fight between Mexicans, but the biggest one is albondigas <laughs> soup drive. or albondigas al chipotle. I grew up with albondigas al chipotle, so everyone else is wrong. No, I'm just playing. Um, <laughs> I grew up with albondigas al chipotle, so my mom's is best. And someone else's mom grew up with sopa, so that's fine. That Hers is best. But albondigas is simply the meatball. Mm -hmm. uh, but the base of it can be whatever your imagination desires. I could turn around and make a cream sauce instead of a tomato sauce, and it's my tradition now. So, yeah, albondigas <laughs> al chipotle. <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, you, as soon as you have kids, you become the matriarch. So everyone else be damned. But it's, uh, it's a, when my mom makes a thick, almost like marinara gravy. I mean, the, you know, Italian American gravy sauce that is spiced with mint and chipotle, chile chipotle and adobo. So the canned chipotles. And mm -hmm. it has so many different nuances and flavors and highs and lows. It's one of my favorite things. Ah, oh, I love that. So can you walk me through your mom's recipe that has become your recipe? Yeah, it's a little unorthodox as a chef, and I still do it just the way she does it. She puts, you know, A1 sauce is on, it's in there. Um, A1 is Hell a yeah. great, like, ace in your pocket. It's the soy sauce of steaks of the English food world. And 
breadcrumbs or stale bread. We usually would, growing up, it was just, you know, white sliced bread for sandwiches soaked in milk. So that's how she retains moisture. Soaked white rice. That's how she, another way she retains moisture. And then she adds a lot of aromatics, garlic and onions, uh, almonds through, makes the meatballs seasoned with nor suiza, chicken bouillon, because MSG rolls everything around us in Mexico. And then she stuffs it with a hard-boiled egg nugget. Not everyone is for that. Some people stuff them with cheese. I prefer egg. My kids prefer egg, and that's just how it is. But I've also made it with no egg if I run out of eggs, because you do have also have a binder of eggs in the mix. And while you're making your albondigas, your broth is simmering that's going to turn into your sauce. And it's canned tomatoes, mint. Sometimes she does parsley, sometimes she does cilantro, and onions and garlic and uh, more chipotle, more aromatics. It's just very, very flavorful. And the mint is really the key. Mint and oregano. Okay, so I noticed that everyone has their own variations. Some people do, like, pork and beef mixtures. Some people do chicken. Some people do, like, ground beef. What is your kind of preferred protein? And is it ground, or are you grinding it yourself? Yeah, I, I don't have the energy and or the willpower to do my own <laughs> ground meat. I'm sorry. There's there's limits. There's boundaries. I'm good at setting boundaries. Um, I do a good uh, 85-15 ground blend of uh, beef. Every once in a while, I'll do half pork, half beef. But generally speaking, I stick to beef. So you have your meatballs are formed and shaped. What's the next step? Okay, so this is also super unorthodox. People like want to sear meatballs. Um, I get it. You want to sear the meatballs because you retain the shape. But mm-hmm. if you sear the meatballs, you're essentially closing the cap on the rice. You're searing the rice. So the cooking will then change on the outside if there's any rice on the outside. So she just drops the suckers straight into the broth. That's it. Like there's, and don't move it. Don't look at it. Don't breathe on it. If you stir it, you're <laughs> going to turn them into a meatball soup. That's going to be just kind of like a egg drop soup. You don't want that. So you just slowly, very gently drop them in the broth and then walk away. And then about 15, 20 minutes, I will just kind of like nestle a spoon up against the wall and just kind of turn it 360 around the pot and then kind of try to see which ones have are a little firmer, but also don't make like giant softball size meatballs. They should be about golf ball size. What's in that sauce? It's the chipotles and adobo, right? And the sauteed onions and garlic. What else is going on there? Canned tomatoes. It's, again, it's so simple, but not. It's complex in flavor, simple in execution. So that's it. And herbs, the mint and the oregano. But it doesn't require very much. Oh, my gosh. And those are sometimes my favorite types of recipes where you can max it out if you want to. You can make it as efficient and weeknight friendly as you need. All right, Claudette, thank you so much for joining me. This has been a blast. Thanks for having me. Claudette Zapeta is a San Diego-based chef and entrepreneur. You can find her recipe for albondigas al chipotle on Instagram at the.one.recipe and at theonerecipe.org. And hey, don't forget to like the episode and share it with a friend. It means the world. This week's episode was made for you by producer Erica Romero, associate producer Ren Farrell, technical director Alex Simpson, and digital producer James Napoli. Sally Swift is our managing producer. APM Studios executives in charge are Chandra Kavati, Alex Schaffer, and Joanne Griffith. Beth Perlman is our executive producer. 
The One Recipe was created by Sally Swift and Erica Romero. I'm Jesse Sparks. This is APM Studios. Go make some magic. <laughs>